Hey, y'all, this is Jordan Rowe, and you're listening to Tailgate Country. Welcome everyone back to the Tailgate Country Podcast. Today we're joined by Jordan Rowe, who's putting out a brand new album called Bad Case of the Good Old Boy. And in this interview, he's going to go track by track with us, breaking everything down about it. It's a really great interview. Really excited for you all to hear it. So let's dive on into it. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Tailgate Country Podcast. We've got an excellent interview today with Jordan Rowe. Um, Jordan, how you doing? Doing great. How about y'all? We're doing great. Good, good. So um, we'll just start off. Um, just tell us who Jordan Rowe is. Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so a little bit of, of elevator speech of my background, how I got to Nashville and all. Is, I'm originally from South Georgia. A um, little farm in town called Adel. Uh, my dad's a police officer. My mom works at City Hall, and I grew up there my whole life and grew up, you know, singing mostly in church and stuff. And, and then I went to college, University of Georgia. And uh, fast forward a little bit while I'm up there, I started doing uh, the acoustic opening gigs for you know, people that would come through the, and play the college towns. Uh, at that time, you know, it was Riley Green, uh, Muscadine Bloodline, uh, you know, John Langston. Uh, so it really, whoever showed up at the Georgia Theater, that's that's kind of, you know, where I was, the 40 Watt Club there. And that's how I got my start. And it was while I was doing that stuff that I met, who's now uh, my management team up in Nashville and, and met who's now, uh, my roommate, Ray Fulcher, who was also from Georgia, uh, a songwriter and artist up here. And so everybody from Georgia kind of took me under their wing up here in Nashville. And while I was in school, I wanted to, you know, go ahead and get my feet wet up here. And so during the summers, for a couple years there, in between school years, I would come up in the summer and just live on whoever's couch would let me or their spare bedroom. And, uh, and I would write songs all week and then go back to school, you know, and finish up. I had a couple years left there. And so I finally, uh, I mean, and I did that for two years. And so finally I got the chance to move up here full time once I graduated and, uh, graduated with a agribusiness degree. And, uh, so nothing to do with music, you know, but that was always the goal. That was always the dream that, you know, the agri is something I can go back and, and get a job with any time where I'm from. And uh, so, so I came up and just hit the, hit the ground running and just kept on writing with who I was, had already been writing with, you know, which is at that time, a lot of the Georgia guys um, just naturally who I met, you know, Ray Fulcher, Drew Parker, Cole Taylor, uh, and, you know, folks like that. And, you know, just it all kind of fell together and moved up in 2019 and got a publishing deal and 
have been working on this record ever since. Uh, so, yes, I mean, some of the songs on this record are that old. Uh, Had a Ball, I know it's one that comes to my head that we wrote, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, and so it's I'm excited to get this project out. It's been a long, long time coming. Yeah, that's uh, really awesome. Um, what's it like coming from a state like Georgia that has so many country artists that are um, doing so many good things? Um, is there just like a, an overall sense of pride? Yeah, I would say so. Um, it, it's got its pros and cons. Uh, you know, I mean, I would say everybody, for the most part, uh, you know, kind of helps each other out and sticks together. And, you know, because we've all – are kind of similar and you know we're usually mostly dog fans so we can find common ground on that stuff uh and how we were raised and how we grew up was you know for the most part very similar so i think that kind of makes it easier to write songs together because we have a lot in common so i think that's one of the things that really helps um but also too it does make it harder in some aspects being from georgia too because there's so much music that comes out of there. Sometimes it's harder to appreciate it than music that comes from other places, you know, uh, that doesn't have as many artists coming out of there uh, for the fans, for the fans down there. They're used to having, you know, artists after artists after artists come through and it's hard to appreciate it versus, you know, if if you had an artist come out of Montana (laughs) or something, you know, everybody can get behind them easier because it's like, hey, this guy's this guy's ours, but in Georgia, everybody's from there, so it's it's just it's so normal, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, who were some of your like main influences when you were growing up? Um, I would say hands down, Alan Jackson, Eric Church, and Luke Bryan. And Luke Bryan, when I say that, I mean his first probably two records. Um, First two to three were, you know, the ones that I really, really grabbed a hold of because those were coming out in like, I don't know, 2006, I think, 2006, 2007. So I was nine, 10 years old. And so I was kind of just now starting to grab a hold of the songs that were on radio and, and really learn them. And so he was one of the, the, the first kind of new artists that I watched go all the way up the ranks. I love 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 that early stuff um because he was kind of the first guy that started singing about you know the the south georgia stuff and i know it's it's you know been been so cliche since but he was kind of the first ones to start singing about you know the trucks the tailgates the flint river and the south georgia dirt roads and stuff and kind of brought that into country music and i was like man this is this is where i'm from this is where i grew up um so i I loved it but yeah and that and alan jackson um, I feel like he is probably my biggest songwriting inspiration is the ability to have the fun stuff mixed with the deeper stuff and the ability to just get away with, you know, saying cheesy words even sometimes, you know, but he does it in such <laughs> yeah. a cool way, you know, it, it's awesome. And, and Eric Church too is a huge, huge songwriting influence of mine. I think he's one of the best writers that this town's ever seen. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what are some some of your favorite early Luke Bryan songs? Oh, man, We Rode in Trucks. That's probably my favorite, yeah. You can't go wrong, yeah. No, you can't. (laughs) I 
I'm so mad that that song didn't go all the way up the charts. I mean, it deserved it. It's such a good song. We actually played that song in a live show like a week ago down in Fort Myers. And I've got a fiddle in my band. Um, yeah, hats off to Alabama for that. Uh, but yeah, I've got a fiddle in my band. So I'm thinking of like all these songs that are cool with fiddle in them. So we, we played, you know, uh, we rode in trucks and she thinks my tractor sexy, all these old middle <laughs> songs, like, let's go. But yeah, uh, we rode in trucks, man. Uh, first love song, country man, uh, tackle box. I'll, I mean, I'll stay me, baby's on the way. I could go on and on. There's so many good ones. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those. I think that's some of my favorite, uh, Luke Bryan. Like you said, I grew up same time you did on that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's I love it. Gosh, I miss it. So uh, you signed with Riverhouse Artists for management last June, right? Uh, yes, yes. Or well, for, for publishing. Publishing, for pub- publishing. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Um, you did an intern the internship there while you were in college too, right? So how was that? What was that feeling like? Did you know that that was coming while you were interning there? Or how did that whole thing go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it's, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, so getting back to the college days is I met – Zeb Luster, who is now literally as of last week, I think he got promoted, he's the VP of the label now and creative director. But at the time I met Zeb, he was working for Comcast selling cable, <laughs> had nothing to do with music. <laughs> and uh, but anyways, he was trying to help out uh an artist, Fair and Rachel's at the mm-hmm. time, is who he was working with. And he he's a fraternity brother of mine. And he told me that he was had been looking for a male act to work with too as well. And uh, and that he wanted to get into artist management. And he told me up front, like, I'm not in it now. You know, I'm getting my feet wet. I want to do it. And, you know, I would try to help you any way I can. And I thought that was very respectable because a lot of people in this town would have said, Hey, I've I've done this, 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 and just brag on themselves and you know, fill your head full of smoke about all the crap they've done that they haven't done and say that they can make you the next George Strait in two years. And it's just like, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. So him saying, hey, I haven't done this yet, but I want to. I was like, I can trust this guy. Yeah. So so anyway, so fast forward, we start working out. And he started helping me when I was 18. And so I was still in college and I was writing terrible songs. And he was like, just keep writing as many songs as you can and they'll get better. So I, I took it to heart and I started writing a bunch of songs in my college dorm. And, you know, every now and then I would get a good one. And I was sending him all these songs. And uh, and fast forward a little bit, I needed an internship for school. Mm-hmm. And I had to have one and I, I knew I wanted it to make sense. I didn't want to go do a random internship. So I asked him, I said, hey, is there any way we can – come up with a way to get me to Nashville where I can write and also call it an internship. And they had just started Riverhouse Artists at the time. It was, it was very young and I think he's the only employee. And so he came up with a quote unquote intern position for me. And I went up there the summer of, I want to say it was before my senior year of college. And, uh, and I was, the intern but all i did was take out trash on wednesdays and i would go 
plug in the songs that, that their writers were writing. I would plug them in on SongSpace, which is a database you have to turn in songs to. So I would do that like once a week for like an hour. And the rest of the time I was writing five days a week and just learning how to do it, learning how it worked, figuring out the town, just meeting as many people as I could. And so that was how we got our start. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of a long story short of how I got my start at Riverhouse. And so that was kind of always the plan was for me to to be, uh, you know, on board as a Riverhouse artist and a writer. We just had to wait on, you know, the right time for me to get mm-hmm. to move up full time. Yeah, did uh, for college, did you have to have an internship? Yeah, yeah. Did- so I, I did the... Uh, well, I was agribusiness and economics major, but I did the music business certificate, which was a two-year deal, okay. and uh, and I had to have one for that. Okay, I didn't know if like that counted as your agribusiness internship, or you somehow <laughs> no, got, got away with that. No, and and the thing was, you could you could work in anything. You just had to have an internship. You know, it could have been mm-hmm. anything, but I was like, I'm gonna make it count for something yeah i might as well make you for your time yeah (laughs) so if my professor's listening don't take my degree back (laughs) (laughs) well i think the first time i was able to see you was um november 2019 in california you were opening up doing the tailgate shows for luke combs how did that whole thing oh really yeah yeah (laughs) let's go man that was that was so much fun and i wish i'd have I've known that the whole world was about to shut down while we were doing that. I was probably <laughs> taking it, you know, appreciated it a little bit more, but that was so cool. Um, you know, Luke's a river house artist. Mm-hmm. And so um, they had been looking for somebody to play those acoustic tailgate shows before the show. So, uh, you know, so I wasn't in the arena or anything. I was just kind of, yeah. you know, out there in the side stage and, I mean, man, it was such a blast because it was just me. I didn't have a team out there, nobody. I was riding on a crew bus, bus number four. And <laughs> uh, and so I was riding with the crew guys. And, I mean, we, we had so much fun. And all I did was have, a I think, a 45-minute set at, like, 5 o'clock and go out there, play acoustic, and then just got to chill and hang the rest of the night, every night for – however long three months and Morgan Wallen was on that tour Jameson Rogers and Luke so it was so cool to just you know come friends with all those guys they treated me like family out there and it was some of the most fun of my entire life that's awesome did you get to write with them at all or anything uh I don't think we wrote that I can remember I don't think we ever did write out there um there's just so much going on uh you know staying busy stuff they got to do all day and you know i was a new kid at that time so they yeah. they probably didn't even want to but <laughs> you know, they, they 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 would have i remember me and morgan we had talked about it several times we tried several times and uh you know things just didn't ever line up but you know they were we had so much fun man working was the last thing on our our brains yeah. out there it was a blast yeah, and you were also recently on tour with uh, Cody Johnson, weren't you? Yeah, we did uh, the Kojo tour in May uh, of this year, and that I can't say enough good things about that guy. He's one of my favorites. Uh, even before knowing him as a person, he was one of my favorites in country music right now. And then meeting him, and, and you know, he was the most genuine guy 
You know, I can't yeah. say enough good things by his whole crew. Those shows were awesome. Yeah, and Cody. Then, yeah. Cody He's, put on one hell of a show. I went and it, saw him at the Ryman yeah. when he was here in Nashville, and I had to go back for night two. It was that good. <laughs> yeah. he. I mean, and I'm not saying it's just because – I was with him, but I truly believe he's one of the best performers yeah. that there that there is right now. I, I mean, he's, so. I mean, because he's had he's had to, you know, he he had it hard. He didn't get anything handed to him, and and you know he had to work for it and and figure out how to entertain to make it where he's at. So it's great. Um, but yeah, we did like three weekends of that, and then uh, we just got off the road with John Party. We did a couple dates with him out in Oklahoma. And I had never met John. He was super nice to us. And, and those shows were incredible, too. And that, was, that was the first time that I got to play on the stage with a catwalk. I called it dog walk. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it was so fun. It was so fun. I can't wait to get back out there. Yeah. How did um, those crowds for John Party um, take to you? Um, you know, a little bit of Very, different style. Or... Great. But, but here's a funny thing, though. And – and I'm, I, I, you mean this in the, in the coolest, nicest way ever, but you know, there's, we were on the Texas border, uh, of Oklahoma. I mean, Texas is 15 minutes away and Texas kind of has their own genre of country music, you know, yeah. and, and those fans, they, they appreciate music, you know, in a different way than a lot of the rest of the country, you know, yeah. not other people don't, but they just very attentive very thorough yeah they're you know, picky song, which i love yeah. yeah and you know and so i knew going into that i was excited because a lot of the music that comes out of nashville people in texas don't appreciate because right. it's not that country and i agree with that right and so i knew rolling up in there like hey we're gonna have a fiddle and like i'm you know got songs that sound very much like 90s country and i'm i was so excited to get to play in front of a Texas crowd who everybody calls tough to play in front of mm-hmm. and and go out there and win them over and and it was so cool because like the first two songs or first two or three songs of the set you could tell like everybody was you know like who is this guy because nobody <laughs> has a clue who I am yeah. and so they're all like who is this dude and like you can tell like everybody's trying to decide whether to like yeah. it or not because <laughs> they know I've come out of Nashville, so they're like, oh, this ain't gonna be good. It's gonna be some more like bro country, you know. And uh, and so it's so cool to go out there and show them the like, hey, we're not, you know, the bro country right. that's been coming out. We're, you know, we're here to have fun and have have a good time, and play some country music for y'all. And so it was super cool. And by the third or fourth song of the set, everybody's into it, and we were having the best time. And by the time the set was over, I mean, they were loving it. They were loving it, and I didn't want to leave. I mean, we had just got – it was 30-minute set. And so by the time we got done, we're just now getting getting it going, and, and everybody's into it, man. It, it was rocking. It was awesome. I hope I get out there to Texas again soon. I love it. It, it sounds like or you Oklahoma, got some – yeah. Area. sounds like you got some new fans out there. So yeah, absolutely, be man. They're awesome. Yeah. So um, I think we're going to take a dive into your brand new album that comes out on August 6th. It's called Bad Case of the Good Old Boy. Um, Do it. So the first song, probably one of my favorites, and it has that uh, that fiddle intro you've kind of been talking about, um, Bad Case of the Good Old Boy. Um, yeah. Just tell us a little bit, a little bit about that one. 
so that song uh it's just it's a country boys anthem and we wrote it on a retreat uh with a couple buddies of mine late at night and we had had you know we had probably wrote two other songs that day and we had we had almost gave up and called it a night and i remember uh hunter phelps who was a co-writer on it with me he was mm-hmm. like i remember because we were kind of throwing around other ideas it was like i remember that bad case idea we had we never wrote and and we just started humming along with that melody like i got a band back and he was doing that under his breath and i'm like what's that like that's an awesome melody and so we got excited again and the mail was probably 11 o'clock at night <laughs> and and we went after it and me him and taylor and drew and our riders and that we just boom went through it and it it probably fell out in an hour because that song was just like who what we do who we are you know and uh so it wasn't too hard to come up with and this you know it was fun we needed a show starter song and it it's just like that lifestyle thing you know it's everybody i'm a big hunter and if anybody out there that, that hunts will get this but when you get in the truck at five o'clock in the morning you're so tired you, you haven't had your coffee yet or you're just starting to sip on it you got to have something to get you fired up before you get to the duck hole or the deer stand and that's that song and so i want one of them that's, that's awesome yeah <laughs> so that's definitely that, a perfect song for that that's a jam i listen to that one all the yeah. time <laughs> heck yeah let's go i mean it, it fires me up i mean it, I feel like it's weird because it's my song and I usually like don't like listen to my songs, mm-hmm. but that's the one that I find myself like jamming a lot to. I mean, it fires me up. Like I want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, that's, how you know, that's how you know it's a good song, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the next one's called Can't in a Car. Um, that's a, kind of another one of those uh, jam songs. Um, you wrote that with Hunter Phelps too and Benji Davis. Um yeah what's the story behind that one so that one uh we also wrote on that same retreat and a lot of the people i was writing with on that retreat were a little bit older and so they all got families you know wives and kids to get home to at night and i'm out there by myself and it was like six o'clock and all them were ready to leave you know i'm like man i want to write another song so i remember i'd i'd went fishing we had wrote one. I went fishing a little bit. And then I had that idea and I told Hunter about it a little while back. And I called him up out of the blue. He wasn't even at the retreat. And I said, Hey, what are you doing? And he was like, I just got to the bar with, with uh Benji to just grab some food and catch up. I was like, Do y'all want to write a song? And I mean, then this is like 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, and I can hear him. I can hear him on, you know, on the phone, kind of lean away from me. Like, hey, you, you want to go out there and write? And they're like, Benji's like, yeah. And so anyway, so they just, you know, closed out and, and drove out to the farm. And we we probably started writing that one at midnight. And uh, and it was just so fun. We just wanted to have a good time, not not think too hard on it and just put something fun down. And so and that's how the magic happens is when you just don't really try too hard to put yourself in a box of like, Oh, I've got to write this kind of song today. Just write whatever, whatever's in the room. And, you know, we just try to have fun with it and it turned out super cool. And yeah. so that story of Kate in a car, you know, yeah. and it's a unique take on a 
truck song too because it doesn't have a lot of the cliches that you know some of them can't have right you're right and that's and that's important to me too is like because you 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 can't wear out truck songs because i mean my gosh that's country music like i mean if i turn my phone around you're gonna look at my truck right now but but i'm trying to come up with different ways to say it you know say the same stuff in just cool new ways and and make fresh lyrics you know because a lot of the lyrics are exhausted now and i'm just like oh i've heard that a thousand times so we just try to come up with a cooler kind of a story um you know a story song about a truck without trucking the title yeah and and it works and it works it's so people love that song a lot yeah um so then the next song is good ones do and that was written by Brett Warren, Lance Miller, and Brad Warren, um, which is one that you didn't write. Um, how did you end up picking that one? I know I did write that one. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. Uh, we had, so I, I'd had that title, that idea for a while. And I remember Brett and Brad. So it was a four way. Okay. Uh, Brett and Brad, the Warren Brothers, Lance, and me. And I, they're one of my favorite people to write with, that group. And it's, they're just if, – if you know them, they're a trip. It, we laugh so much when we write. But uh, but I have that idea, and I really, really love songs that are, that are deeper, that have, you know, heavy lyrics to it. Uh, and you'll find that on the album. That's really important to me is to balance those life songs, I call them, with the fun songs. So like Had a Ball, Mama Ain't Jesus, and Good Ones Do mm-hmm. are those songs on that album. But the Good Ones Do is an idea. And I, once again, if you listen to that song, you can hear Eric Church in that song, that inspiration we talked about earlier. Yeah, now that uh, you're saying that. Of, you know, and I remember going in that room, like, how would Eric Church write this? Because like that title is such a, an Eric Church type of title. Um, and you know, I want it to want it to be a song that hits you in the heart. And so we wrote that song and it was, I remember knowing after we got done with the first verse, we had never, we hadn't even started on the course yet. And I knew that this, that it was going to be, that it was going to be one of those that was very, very important yeah. to, to a career. Um, and so fast forward. We finished it out, um, and I remember Brett and Brad, they're close with Tim McGraw. They said, you know, this this sounds like a Tim McGraw hit. You know, I feel like he's going to love this song. And sure enough, they played it for him, and he uh, told them, he was like, man, the line about uh, the coach throwing the ball with the kid that didn't have a dad in that second verse, which is my favorite line in the whole song. Um, if you haven't heard the line, it goes, uh, every coach don't go all in and make a man out of a kid who only had a mama to throw one to, but the good ones do. Yeah, that's, that's such a powerful line, you know. That is. It's something that, you know, just makes you think and stops you in your tracks kind of song. And it's, it's just so meaningful. And Tim, you know, told them, he's like, that you got me with that song or that line. And he put that song on hold which rocked my world because I'm like on one side, I'm so, I was so excited that Tim McGraw put a song of mine on hold and he might cut it. But at the same time, I was like, gosh, what now? Because we had already recorded it. 
I'd already planned that, you know, to put it out. It was, I'd been playing it out live for months and it was, if, if I'm being honest, one of my favorite off the record, probably one of my favorite songs, probably top two or three that I've ever wrote. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, that could be a career song for me. I don't know if I should give it up or not. And, you know, but I, I you know, Lord had different plans. Tim took it off hold. And honestly, it was a relief for me because I didn't know how to, I was going to make that decision whether to let it go or not. And uh, so he had other plans and Tim took it off hold. So we're going to put it out. And I'm so fired up about that song. I really, really, really am pulling for that to be a hit. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it was meant for you then. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next one is your most recent single as we're recording this, but who needs you featuring Ashlyn Craft? Did you guys write this one knowing that you were going to have a female voice on it? Nope. Specifically, they Ashlyn? Sure did. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Had no idea. And uh, I wrote that with uh, Cole Taylor and Jordan Walker, mm-hmm. good buddies of mine. And we wrote that song also out at that farm I'm talking about. I mean, there's there's some magic out there. It's Ashley Gorley's <laughs> really? farm. Um, and I mean, it's they just there's something about that place. I always usually get good songs out there. It's just good energy. Um, but yeah, we we came in and we wrote that song the day before we went to record the album. I mean, oh, wow, talk about last minute. <laughs> yeah, and and that's you know fashionably late but it was it worked uh, and I remember telling Colin and Jordan I was like man we got one more day before this I was like let's just go see what we can do and let's just take a stab at trying to beat something out and let's just see what we get and Jordan had that title and uh and we sat down and you know I started like that phrase and like dun, 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 just that kind of sticky little verse melody and we're like, okay, you know, and then we decided, okay, if we can do that kind of deal in the verse and then make the chorus real sing along, big, open it up, you know, it could be really cool. And and so, you know, like I say, all the pieces of the puzzle came together that day. And we, that was the first time I think that I'd cut a song, obviously that late, but also it was one of the first times I'd cut a song straight from a work tape and not a demo. All we had was an acoustic phone recording of it, obviously. And we went into the studio the next day. And so it was like, yeah, I mean, it was crazy to see, to hear the first take of that song go from acoustic phone recording to full production. It was still so weird. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, when we heard it, me and Derek, my producer, Derek Wells, we were talking and we were like, what if we got a, a girl to sing the harmony to it like a big cool because it's not a duet but there's that tension there that could have that you could have a girl voice on it and it'd be cool yeah so let's try it out so we got janae fleener uh who played fiddle and all that stuff she actually sang the ashland's part originally and we loved the feel of the female voice on there and so i asked ashland to do it she's a good friend of mine and we had, we were going on our little writing retreat and uh, to play an acoustic show in Fort Myers in a couple of weeks after we recorded that song. So I asked her to be on it and she loved the song and she was perfect for it. And she crushed it. She's got a killer voice. She's, I love, I love. Her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she is amazing. She's a real deal. And that, for sure. that house, I don't know if you know this, but her and Laney, you know, Laney's on one too. Yeah. Her, Laney, and Casey Tindall, who's also a great artist. 
Um, they all live together. Yeah. They mm-hmm. all live together up there. So, that, I mean, talk about a house full. Yeah, of, that's full crazy. Of house. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's jump to that, uh, the song with Lainey Wilson, since you kind of mentioned it. Um, okay. You guys wrote that one together, correct? Yeah, we had, uh, so that, that house I'm talking about, and I was hoping you segue into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, and we were at a bonfire. Me, so me and Lainey to back up. I'll pump the brakes. She's a great friend of mine. She was one of my first friends in town. When I started coming up to town in college, I want to say she might have been my second right ever in Nashville. And so we'd always, you know, been close. And I I knew she was a superstar from the time, you know, I started coming to town. And obviously her career is just taking off right now. But uh, so we were at a fire, a bonfire at her house, me, her, Ash, I think Ashlyn was there. Kate, I mean, everybody, there was probably 12, 15 of us out there. And my mom called and I stepped away and I was talking on the phone with her. And I didn't know, you know, what, what it might be, but she was just catching up like she always does. And, and uh, so I stayed out on the phone with her for a little while catching up and, uh, you know, we we're real close. And I guess I've been out there longer than I thought I had. <laughs> and I walked back up. And Lainey was like, dang, boy, who are you on the phone with, Jesus? <laughs> and, you know, joking. and I said, no, it was it was mama, but she's a close second. And oh. and when I said that, me and Lainey looked and we didn't say a word. We looked at each other and knew each other <laughs> thinking we got to write that. But there were so many other songwriters and artists in that room. We didn't want to say anything. We were hoping nobody else heard it because it was <laughs> a, a cool title and hook. And we were like, Phew. you know, I think we got away with that. One. So we knew we were going to write it. And uh, as soon as we could get our schedules cleared, I think it was like the next week I went over back over to her house and we sat down and we wrote it. And it was one of them that just kind of fell out. And you could tell the Lord was in the room and was just helping us write that one because it was so easy. And it was all it was. Our mamas are very similar, uh, mine and hers. And I mean, all it is is just honestly who they are you know on paper there's no no overthinking uh and i it's it's one of them songs that i'm pulling for and i feel like once again it's one of those that really hit and you know hit you in the heart and it, it hits home with a lot of people and it's it's a perfect it could be like a perfect wedding song and the dance to the mother yeah. funeral song I mean, that song could be so many things too but um I'm pumped for it, man. I'm I'm really excited about that one. Get it out. I yeah. love the story behind that. That's a, that just sounds like that was just a song that needed the world needs to hear. You know, needed. I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And I hope they do. I hope they do hear. It. <laughs> so then, um, one of the other songs is "I Didn't Sleep Last Night." Um, you wrote that with Will Weatherly and Thomas Archer, and um, that one's just like a really good kind of like f you breakup song. That one, uh, that was Thomas's title. Okay. I remember going in to write that that day, and I remember Thomas had the the title "I Didn't Sleep Last Night," and originally his idea for it was, uh, you know, basically you broke up with a girl, but you just you can't sleep because you're up thinking about her, and it's like, yeah, I did this, this, and this, and I didn't sleep last night, and I was we thought on that for a little while. And, you know, just, I was like, I just, I couldn't get anywhere with it in my head, you know, and I'd been back and forth to the kitchen getting mm-hmm. coffees and couldn't think of anything. 
anyways, I walked back in. I remember while I was getting coffee, I had the idea, what if we make it like a cool thing, a good thing that yeah. it is? All right. So I walked back in. I was like, hey, y'all, what if we make it where instead of like you're just missing her, like you didn't sleep last night because you were with somebody else. And they're like, OK, let's, you know, let's try that. And so we went down that that road with it. And uh, I mean, it was really that was a fun one to write. And we could, that one felt hitty. You know, we wrote it along to a track that Will had made. So it was already kind of a demo the day we left from writing it. And I remember we all left fired up about it. We couldn't wait to turn it in to our publishers and they all loved it. And it was, it was real fun. I, and originally I thought we thought Dustin Lynch was going to put that song out. Mm. Um, Cause I, I remember he was going into cut for his next record and Will texted us. Um, and he said, Hey, Dustin just asked if he could change this word or this line to something else. And which is usually a real, real good indicator that they're there and they're about to record this thing. And so, yeah. man, I, I was fired up. I hadn't got a cut yet, you know, and then nothing ever happened with it. And I was like, well, I still think it's a hit, so I'm doing it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like a hit to me. I appreciate it, man. Um, and then I think, I think probably What's my next on the list. It is Had a Ball. Um, I think that's Had my my favorite song off the album. Really? It, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you, I just, just the storyline in it with, you know, it goes from like the little kid playing baseball in the backyard, then to like the high school football and then, you know, moving in with the girl. I think it just, it's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I, <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorites too. And once again, you know, I go back, like I'm a sucker for the, for the songwriter songs, the live yeah. songs, those deeper, heavier ones that make you think. And so that one's one of my favorites too. And that's, I think, I think that's the oldest song on the, on the record. Um, I remember we wrote it and I can't remember what month, but I remember it was in 2019, uh, right after I moved. It was one of the first songs I wrote here after I moved. And it was me, Jacob Davis, Jordan Davis's brother, Okay. If you didn't know that. No, I didn't um, know that. And and Jordan Walker. And so that was a song. I remember Jacob and me, we were writing a couple weeks before we wrote that one. And I don't remember what song we wrote. But I remember during that write, I told him I had this idea called Had a Ball or somehow it got brought up in a conversation. And one of us said, man, we had a ball or something like that. And I was like, man, we need to write that. And I knew Jordan Walker would be a perfect one to write it with. And so I remember leaving that right and going down um, going down the road just thinking, like, how we could do a cool storyline. And so I, I remember getting where I was going, and I texted Jordan Walker. And I was like, hey, me and Jacob had this idea called Had a Ball, and you can do this, 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 and this in it, and kind of mapped it out for him. I was like, do you want to write this with us? And he was all in. He loved it. And so we got together uh, probably the next week, I think, and we wrote Had a Ball, and we wrote it uh, to a piano. Uh, it was it's over at Black River Entertainment. It's one of my favorite rooms to write in. They've got a big, white, baby grand piano in there. It's so pretty. And uh, so we sat on there and wrote Had a Ball. And once again, I think you can hear the, the Eric Church style of writing in that song 
and some of that uh, early Luke Bryan and Alan Jackson influence in that song, just the the story of it and the, the lyrics, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, and it was so, I don't know, it was cool to see how that song turned out and flipped that phrase so many times. Because, like, you know, this, the phrase had a ball. I just, we had fun. And I don't know if that's just a South Georgia thing or if that's countrywide. I don't know. It's but, countrywide. Uh, yeah, I'm, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, Man, I, it, it was fun. Yeah, I, I love how that song, all the verses kind of end on a bad note, and then you, like, spin it, and you said, but we had a ball. Right, and, and that's and you know, that's life, man. You know, I remember there's there's times, you know, when I grew up playing sports and everything, and that's kind of how we got the first idea was, like, you know, I remember getting to different championships or whatever and just coming up short. You know, this is not how it's supposed to go. Like, this isn't the fairy tale ending. Mm-hmm. And but but it was so cool getting to that point, and, and there's no regrets to it. And so that was kind of the first verse was was the sports thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the also in that first verse, like the the brother throwing the ball, you know, like how yeah. can relate to that? Like if you got a little brother, like I remember with me, it was like a little cousin, like you just be humming that ball in there, boy, you know, trying to show out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, your dad or whoever is like, hey, I'm throwing that hard now. You chill out. That's your little brother, boy. Yeah. You know, you can hear him saying it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, like I say, with the relationship thing, you know, I feel like a lot of times people are in a relationship and it's like, you know, it doesn't work out in the end. But, you know, the the ride was so, you know, you wouldn't give it back. Like You learned so much. It was great. You had a lot of fun. That's why you had a ball. Had a yeah, ball while it lasted. Definitely. So. Well, last but certainly not least, we've got you end up you end the album with a song called 10-4 that you have Tracy Lawrence, yeah. Eddie Montgomery, and Red Akins on. That right that combination. That's <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so pumped about that. How uh, did that come together? Well, one at a time, (laughs) one at a time, real, uh, with a, with a lot of, with a lot of praying. Um, but yeah, so I wrote that one with Drew Parker and Hunter Phelps. Well, I feel like Hunter keeps getting brought up in this thing. I didn't realize how many cuts he had. He owes me a a dinner or something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but man, we, I remember us writing that song and well, and, there's another cool part to it. I'll get to in a second, but I remember right 10 four, and we just wanted to write something that was super nineties country, super fun and just a barn burner, you know, something a hundred miles an hour that you can have a good time to. And yeah, cause that's what I feel like nineties sounding country is missing from the radio right now. And I want to try to bring it back, you know, and mix some of the, the modern type of production with some of that older sounding stuff and try to find that cool, like middle ground of, Hey, this, this sounds a little old school too, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's what we were going for. And my dad, he's a police officer, like I said. And so I've grew up hearing him say 10, four, you know, on the radio and stuff. When I was a kid, I used to, you know, sit in the police car when he come home, turn on the lights and sirens and get on, act like I'm talking on the radio, <laughs> telling people 10, four and stuff. And so I had that idea a long time and I'd actually tried to write it before and I didn't like the way it turned out, 
And so I knew I wanted to try again. And we got in the room that day and Drew was like, hey, I got this idea called 10-4. And I'm like, no, I got this idea called 10-4. <laughs> and uh, we were like, well, we got to write it together. You know, let's, let's put both of our heads together on this. And so anyways, man, it turned out so cool. And if you listen to 10-4, there's a line in that chorus that, that right before the hook that says, and if you think I got a bad case of good old boy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're damn right, that. buddy. That's the big mm-hmm. 10 4. Well, when I said that line, we all looked at each other and said, We got to write a song called Bad Case of the Good Old Boy. <laughs> and that's where that came from. Wow. And so it's cool now how that those two songs book in the whole album. Yeah. And it just kind of wraps it all up with a bow. But, uh, but, anyways, yeah, we wrote that song and we cut it. And man, it was so fun. It was so fun. And I was like, Why don't we get 90s? artists on this some of my favorites you know uh, that were coming through during that time and i'd written some with Rhett before and uh and i went deer hunting with him and you know hung out with him a little bit so i was familiar with him but i didn't know tracy and eddie and so you know i, I called red up on the phone and you know just asked him and i remember i was nervous asking him if he would do it but you know i just told him i was like man it's this song's you know, super 90s country, and you're one of my favorite 90s country artists. I wonder if you would be on it with me. And he was all in, and uh, and he loved the song. And so I had him on board, and, and that was like a huge weight lifted off because I was like, at least I got somebody, you know. And so then we had the idea of Eddie Montgomery from Montgomery Gentry and uh, uh, Alicia Jones, who works in the Riverhouse office with me she used to work really close with Montgomery Gentry back in the day. So she was good friends with Eddie since way back. She was like, I'll talk to him about it. And so she showed him that song. He loved it and was all in on it. And he's all for bringing back that sound too. And then um, Tracy is kind of a, a kind of a funnier story. He was harder to wrangle up. He's, you know, still on tour and everything. And, and uh, he has got a ton going on. And we tried to get that song to him through his management and couldn't get it through. And I, I honestly, I don't think he ever heard it. And so I was like, I know. I was like, there's no way. And I, I don't know that. But I'm just assuming. I was like, there's no way Tracy Lawrence didn't hear that song and didn't like it. I was like, I just don't, I just don't think he heard it. So anyways, I was like, I always say no is the start of a conversation. So I said, I'm going to get it to him some way. And so Julian King who produces Tracy, he actually mixed the demo of 10-4 and some of the other songs when we demoed them. So I knew he was familiar with it. And so we reached out to Julian, Tracy's producer, and, and was like, hey, you know, Eddie and Red are featured on a song. And, you know, could you show it to Tracy and see if he would be in? So he showed it to him and he was all in. And Tracy loved the song. And I was like, I knew it. I knew he loved it. And so sure enough, we got it to work out. And went in and to to get to to meet those guys on their turf and see them work in the studio was I mean I was like a little kid all over again. It was so cool because I grew up on them, you know. And I'm just it really to be honest. I mean we just got done doing the Tracy sing on it last. I want to say it was last week. I mean it was recent. It just it honestly hasn't sunk in yet that those three guys are. Like we're singing a song together, 
I mean, it's 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 crazy. I can't believe it. I really can't. And I'm so excited to get it out. I think people will love it. I, I remember I told my dad, I texted him the other day. I was like, if people don't like this, I'm coming home. I mean, this, <laughs> this, is, all I, this is all I got. If, yeah. if, if they don't like this, country music is broke. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, that is true. It's such a good song. It and is. We're so excited for it. it to come out. Well, I've loved hearing every all the stories behind all these songs on the album. So everybody that's listening, this album comes out August 6th. Um, but Jordan, besides the new album, what else do you have coming up? Some shows? What's coming down the pipeline for you? Oh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, and if you're around the Georgia, Alabama area, that's where you can find us um, in the next couple, you know, few weeks here at the end of August and September. Um, we're going to be down in Statesboro, Tifton, Athens, Tuscaloosa, Dothan, Huntsville, Birmingham. Uh, I'm going out with a good friend of mine, great artist, Reed Halton, and we're going to do some co-headline shows down there um, in a lot of the college towns and stuff. So it's going to be a blast. And, uh, and then I know on the books in November, I'm going out with Jameson Rogers, if you're familiar with uh, Cold Beer calling my name, oh, some yeah. girls, you know, for anybody listening uh that's jameson rogers so we're going out with him in november and i know we're going to mississippi uh georgia and tennessee i think some places so i'm pumped and uh you know everything's kind of still you know still kind of feeling our way through through covid and everything different you know every venue's different you know every state's different so we're just trying to get back on the road as as safe and and uh, as quickly as we can so you know we're excited all right. Yeah, I didn't realize you're gonna be out in Tuscaloosa. I'll have to catch that show. I gotta be Heck yeah. Excited. Come on. I'll look into that. Um, do you wanna let everybody know where they can find you on social media? And yeah, it's uh so my handle is Jordan Rowe Music on on everything. Instagram, Facebook, uh Twitter, farmers only. Um <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, uh but yeah. Yeah, y'all look me up, and we got all the news, all the latest updates and announcements on there. So we'll see you there. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We really hope you enjoyed that interview and the really in-depth breakdown with Jordan. Uh, and his new album coming out on August 6th. If you did, please leave a review for the show. It helps us grow, helps us improve. If you have any suggestions for artists that you'd like to hear on here, let us know. You can let us know on social media. You can email us. You can let us know down in the review. And if you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Teagate Country and at Country Pickens. That's P-I-C-K-I-N-Z. But thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you all, all right back here next week.